Here we go. This five followed by a six. That's <laughs> number fifty-six. That's how you do it. Yeah, that's the math. I, that's how you have to say fifty-six from now on. So it's the five 50, followed by the six. Yeah, fifty-four, fifty-five, five followed by the six. Fifty-seven, <laughs> fifty-eight, fifty-nine. <laughs> the six and then the zero. The six and the zero. Yeah, we're here. We're still sheltered in place, but you know what? We're closer than we were. Yeah. Wait. What? We're closer to being out of sheltered in place than we were. Sure. You know what? Right. Technically, every minute you listen to this, you're closer to being not sheltered in place. True. Uh, you know what? Hmm. I'm gonna put on my. Um, this is a cold open, and I have not been talking with my pop filter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say, this is pop behind that, the pop scenes that right bad, here. bad boy right on there. You're probably hearing me from a distance. You're like, where is Ben? What is he doing? He's. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm doing, folks. Getting that filter on, so that way when we go pop. It doesn't blow your ears out. Although I'm looking at my waveforms and that might blow your ears out, dear listener. Uh, this is now officially a podcast for the hard of hearing. Thank you for tuning right. in. Pop, pop. Get pop, that pop, pop. pop. <laughs> Magnitude is a one man party. Pop, pop. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the community listeners or watchers there. There's a little something for you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The, it, it's a great day. You know, the, the worst part about this shelter in place uh, in Chicago is that the weather has been beautiful. Yeah, it's pretty uh cruel of mother nature to release a new plague and then be like and by the way the sun will be out tomorrow <laughs> it's gonna be it's you're actually gonna have a spring the first spring you've had in five years <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be 70 degrees every like four days <laughs> like it's too bad i'm about fuck? to kill like a couple million people stay right. inside oh god we don't have any leadership during this point in time but you know what ben, you got us ben yep I'm, I'm, false <laughs> yeah. we have okay. the new childish gambino album and that True. will show you the way that will show you the way that will definitely get you through any pandemic that shit is fire it's fire that last track i i just can't so like good. so good it's so good like he's just like he's going in on you but he's like being so goddamn inspiring while he's doing it oh my god he's uh what you doing when you standing in the mirror going look at girls out for the money wait a minute di- like what disrespectful. it's disrespectful it's disrespectful, it it's disrespectful how, how to everybody you, else in the music game nobody everybody pack it up music is done art art is done right. childish gambino yep us. He he did it for us, and also like uh, kind of against us, but like in the best way. <laughs> in the best. That and I, and I finally finished Red Dead Two. It's brilliant. Uh, I know, like, what took you so long? It's I have a lot of games. <laughs> I did not have a, as much time. Now I have all the time. <laughs> I was about to say, Ben, this this is right. the time. I have all the time, and let me tell you that Unshaken track from uh, D'Angelo, which I heard it the first time I heard it, I was like, this is great, and it kind of like just fell in the back of my brain, and then I reheard it recently i was like god damn this song is fire the soundtrack for red dead i think is almost better than the goddamn game <laughs> just <laughs> it's so good uh yeah eventually i want to like maybe even sing it i don't know i might do some i might start singing a little bit here in this shelter in place um let's see what that sounds like i don't know i don't know enough about me what about y'all how y'all doing <laughs> how y'all doing yeah let's uh let's let's get into the actual episode and, uh, <laughs> let's, let's let, do let, the let, thing yeah. that you let. you tuned in for i yeah. Yes. Let's fuck with that. Boom, boom, pop, pop.
All right, here we are, episode 56. Y'all, let's do this. We're so glad that y'all are back tuned in listening. I'm Ben. I'm Ian. We're Too Many Flicks, and we're about to give you this good good. Isn't that right, Ian? The, the best good. The best good. If this is your first time tuning in, what we do is we go over movie trailers. We talk about movie news. We do this segment called Hot Takes, where we'll give like an, unpop- an unpopular take on a certain movie or the industry or whatever. And then we also talk about sh- uh, what's happening in streaming platforms right now called stream theory and after that a little bit of trivia so just to keep you abreast up to date about how we roll this goddamn thing uh we we're happy to be here happy to be in your ear in the shelter in place and we're just gonna fucking do it so let's get fucking to it what what tasty tasty trailer trailer mm, that's good that's real good all right, fam, we are kicking off Tasty Trailers with a little look at Extraction. Extraction is going to be a streaming release on Netflix. It drops April 24th. It is directed by Sam Hargrave, and it is starring Chris Hemsworth, David Harbour, Golshifta Farahani, and Pakaj Tripathi. Tyler Rake, a fearless black market mercenary, embarks on the most deadly extraction of his career when he's enlisted to rescue the kidnapped son of an Imprisoned international crime lord. <laughs> oh, yep. This is it right here. This is it, folks. Yeah, this is a. This looked surprisingly really good. <laughs> for for like an action blockbuster type flick. Yeah, right. Yeah, on Netflix too. It it looks like it, it won't be any downtime. There's not. There won't be too much time to breathe. This is gonna be go 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 because it's one of the simplest premises out there. Like you got to get this thing, which is a person, not just to, to uh, you know objectify this person but get this person to point a from point a to point b to point c safely can you do it in this hostile environment so (laughs) okay this this is actually interesting i'm glad that you brought this up because the kid in and of itself like he is a little bit of like a macguffin like chris hemsworth you need to your character's objective is to get this get get this thing and it's a child and this is actually interesting because uh, a lot of like there's a great video i'm forgetting who to cite on this but i watched it and i really like they deep dive into like what a MacGuffin is and how it can either hurt or serve a story. And a very general school of thought in like screenwriting is that, oh, your MacGuffin uh, should not be the main focus. Like it shouldn't be something that you care about necessarily. And George Lucas actually bucked this idea. And that's how we got R2-D2, which I think is really cool because it's sort of a, you know, the the plans for the Death Star are encapsulated in this cute little fucking blip majiga and in in the same way that like the plot like is very actiony like oh cut your way through these fucking forces of opposition but they're also like trying to infuse it with that human element of you know this this kid is in the middle of a war zone that he didn't ask to be a part of yep yep that's exactly what it is you can't help but feel for the kid and also i need to talk i think we both need to talk about this a little bit but chris hemsworth is a very good actor i think he he is plagued which is (laughs) if you can be plagued by anything this is not a terrible thing to be played by but being very handsome and attractive and built oh the horror um, oh the horror oh no the horror but <laughs> it does sometimes damper what uh, an actor in, in the business can get and what they can't get you know what you're I mean? 100% like, correct and sometimes we also forget about how this person is actually fucking phenomenal uh, case in point Brad Pitt he was plagued by that and I maybe I should use a different word but that, that's what he was given because of his set of circumstances and for the 
longest, people probably didn't take him seriously as an actor. I mean, yes, he did 12 Monkeys. He did a few other things, but he also did a few things that were more popcorn flicks. Um, and it turns out this dude has been killing the game for quite some time recently, definitely now, than he has been. Matthew McConaughey was also in that boat. Um, hey, Chris Hemsworth is phenomenal. He's one of my favorite uh, characters. Uh, his character work is some of my favorite work in Endgame. And in this, you, he just seems like he's he's carrying this and he seems very dialed in and connected. I yes, it's interesting because you're you're a hundred percent right. That is the double edged, uh, you know, the the double edged sword of being uber fucking attractive and uber fucking ripped. Is that typically you're only going to get cast or seen as something a role that's a little more actiony, perhaps as you as you put it, popcorn flicks. And Hemsworth is an incredibly gifted actor, and I'm glad to see him sort of breaking out of the MCU. I, I got to imagine that Thor might not be around as prevalently as he is much longer simply because of that right exactly i mean and you know contracts and stuff like that he's enjoying the character but eventually he's going to want to do something else and and vehicles like this help uh, help with him uh transitioning into something else too i mean there's just this moment in endgame where he's you know he's put on a lot of weight he's super depressed and he's frightened and scared and very upset with himself and it's like moments where you just sit with him and he's just like jesus this is heartbreaking uh <laughs> so yeah he, he can go and then this is this is a good vehicle for him um i'm i there is some concern i think with the environment and where this takes place sure absolutely that, yeah that it could potentially go into white savior and using the, um, the country as a prop as opposed to um actually really immersing yourself in that country and treating it with respect um but also knowing that this is also where it takes place so it, it's a very fine line which i i would like to give i like to have faith to know that they've walked this line um well and and classy like um by not just shooting brown people <laughs> and actually just imbuing them with a level of, of character and a human humanness um so you know it's watchable and i think that i think it's can i don't th no there was no gross offenses in this trailer i would just it's a cause for concern well no you're absolutely right because that is something that happens a great deal in movies prior and still movies today i.e sort of uh whatever the michael bay netflix film is what the fuck is it six underground or something like it is right. very yeah. much like oh we are going to use uh, the middle east as a set piece as opposed to like an actual place right uh right where like humans live and cultures thrive and a lot of culture is derived from this is fascinating i'm looking up sam hargrave right now on imdb so this is interesting actually uh this will be the first feature directed by sam hargrave he is actually a stuntman by trade having over 80 credited roles on imdb and 27 as a featured actor wow that's why the fucking choreo looks so goddamn good in this yeah the stunts <laughs> look excellent there's like some uh some born level chase sequences in a car that look pretty fucking like gritty and intense this I, I i'm excited to see where this goes i do think that you bring up an excellent point that it will uh have its work cut out for it to not just be like a a, a gross uh casually racist film set in the middle east right I, I, exactly uh uh, but you know we've only seen the first trailer we don't know the half of there it, it is which is the actual movie and uh that <laughs> this is where we transition to our next movie called the half of it uh it comes out may the first and is directed by alice Wu, starring leah lewis Enrique marciano beck 
Kiki Ann Baker and Catherine Curtin. A shy, introverted Chinese-American straight-A student finds herself helping the school jock woo the girl they both secretly love. In the process, each teaches the other about the nature of love as they find connections in the most unlikely of places. Okay. Ian, what are your thoughts on uh the half of it? Uh, you know, at the start of the trailer, I was a little nervous. I, I, I think that it is rather apparent that uh, what we're dealing with here is sort of a, a refashioning or retelling of the uh, Cyrano story. Right. That being said, it does seem incredibly charming and they have like just it's like a nice little twist where I, I I'm not super familiar with the source text of Cyrano de Bergerac. I've seen a few staged productions, but from what I understand, the person that Cyrano's helping is essentially just sort of like a fool and uh, a foil to Cyrano, and we're not necessarily supposed to uh, like you don't hate the the foolish character that wants to woo this woman that's interested in Cyrano's brains, but at the same time, like he's not super empathetic either. He's just sort of comic relief, and this seems seems like they're sort of changing that dynamic wherein like uh this this queer hyper intelligent young woman and this stereotypically like you know like kind of like i i don't do words good jock like end up forming a friendship through their mutual love of wooing this person it's it's interesting it, it gave me sort of i i have in my notes that it's like cyrano meets the odd couple yeah that's uh that's definitely the vibe i get from it uh i do think they may have showed a bit too much of the trailer but like you know people mo most people should should know the Cyrano de Bergio um, story, but some people don't, especially the, probably the people that they're targeting uh, <laughs> this movie for, being it on Netflix and being with uh, teenagers. Um, it skews younger, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how so many TikTokers like, are hip to the to the Cyrano. Right. Lore. Exactly. So it's, it's like, why did you give so much? Like, you could still give a lot of way to hook people without giving. Like, we saw pretty much the entire movie. Now, <laughs> <laughs> it is still great that we have. The, the the dynamics that are going on with queer uh love um queer relationships blossoming potentially um unlikely friends unlikely pairings we have a, a, a young woman of color in the lead which is really dope which is very cool um but it's like why why don't give us too much netflix but other than that it looks great it looks it there's nothing extraordinarily dynamic in like any of the lighting so as what we can see our cinematography but it looks like that's it's about the story it's about these people and it's about the characters not so much in all the flash around it but just this and so it's, everything's kind of standard which it doesn't make it bad right <laughs> it just makes it this is what it is it's what we're focusing on so i i think it's could definitely be cool definitely something to watch while we're in the shelter in place i mean you could definitely throw it on and, and I, I think probably be engaged yeah it just looks i i gotta say going into it the trailer rather i, I was like skeptical but by the end i was charmed it seems to have just this really really great uh, endearing quality to it, both both mm -hmm. in the chemistry we're seeing on screen from the performers and sort of just like, uh, maybe it was their music choice, maybe you know, who's to say? Sometimes there's just that little X factor for a certain person. Um... Alice Wu is still relatively new to the directing game. This is, I think, her second feature film, if I'm reading it correctly. Uh, Director-writer, though. Um, so I'm excited to have a new voice on the scene, too. That's really cool. I don't know. This is, this is one that I will probably check this out. I'm not going to lie. This, like, it's not normally my genre of movie, but th there's a good chance that I, I'll uh, I'll put this one on. Yeah, 100%. I, it, it definitely is a movie to at least sit down and watch, give a chance. Uh, and I think it could do 
something. I could, I think it could be very special, be very cute and very charming and wholesome. So that's where I stand. Uh, well, well, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's my thoughts on the, on the matter. That's great. Those are right. some great thoughts. Let's not dive in, dive in too deep. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it ain't the ocean. Right. <laughs> which uh, is my very, very awful, very, very roundabout stream of conscious transition into talking about sea fever. Hey, hey. That's right, folks. <laughs> we are taking a look at the movie Sea Fever. It is going to be streaming by the time uh, this episode comes out because it's dropping April 10th. It is direct- directed by Nessa Hardiman and it's starring Connie Nielsen, Hermione Corfield, Dugri Scott, Olwyn Four, and Jack Hickley. Is it Hickley or The Hick- crew... Sorry, is it Hickley or Hickey? Oh, it is Hickey. Thank you. Oh, you're all good. I remember putting that name down too and being like, my dude... <laughs> I can't tell if that's a fortunate or unfortunate name. Right. (laughs) The crew of a West Ireland trawler marooned at sea struggle for their lives against a growing parasite in their water supply. Oof, yeah, this is, uh, do you get any, uh, The Thing vibes in this? Mad The Thing vibes, very much so. Yeah, The Thing, and then you can also get, like, uh, maybe Life, that, uh, that, 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 that Ryan Reynolds. The Gyllenhaal stuff, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, uh, thank you, I was trying to remember the name of it because it does have like sort of a similar premise like oh we are marooned and there's a parasite we can't bring this back like yeah type deal that being said it looks well shot it looks well performed it does um there is a little bit of that eldritch horror thing going on just because they are in the middle of like an expansive ocean and sort Mm -hmm. of seemingly stuck there i remember like in in the trailer when we are first being introduced to the concept of these things that you see a top-down shot of the boat and just this weird like black coloration to the water like like you know pretty much exploding outwards with the boat as the epicenter yeah. it's kind of like it g- gave me a little bit of eeriness you know i think yeah yeah it's definitely borrowing and homaging a bunch but it looks fresh yeah you know it's so weird because being lost at sea to me is more frightening than being lost in space and i don't know why but just like the sea and, and then the motion of the ocean which <laughs> not trying to be funny but just like the back and <laughs> forth and then like life you know there's life underneath you and then you don't know what can like because you're in the, the probably the deepest part if you're lost if you're lost in the ocean or a sea like you're probably in the deepest part of the mm-hmm. ocean and the sea <laughs> so it's like some crazy fucking creatures out there and it's just like anything and also like a parasite like this it, this is terrifying to me this was terrifying it, i don't want to be caves and lost in the sea i'm i'm good <laughs> i will definitely watch it but it's like <laughs> fuck i don't know why well, i think you but like yeah mm-hmm. I, well i think you raise a, a really interesting point when you say that like it's scarier the concept of being trapped on the ocean than in space and that i that's because i i, re- I really love that because i feel like the sea is a little less removed from the everyday mm-hmm. person you know like oh yes i conceivably could see myself getting on a boat and then being stuck in the middle of the ocean i have a much harder time like putting myself like imagining myself getting stuck in space somehow it's just like ian you're never gonna pass that astronaut exam don't worry (laughs) you won't have the opportunity to get trapped in space yeah and it's like we haven't had that issue either in in reality like we haven't done that many space trips to if you really think about since when we started the space um we started nasa and all these other space programs started up all across the world from Mm -hmm. then till now we haven't really done that many space trips manned space trips and when we have 
have done them. There has been tragedy, but there hasn't been anyone lost in fucking space. But there have right. been plenty of people lost in the ocean. And just like, we never heard from them again. It's just like, what happened to these people? What happened to this boat? It's just, it's scary shit, man. And that's, I mean, that's how myths get started too. Yeah. You know, Bermuda Triangle. Like, exactly. all, some some of the most eerie shit as a, as a kid, like, was tied directly to the ocean. Yeah. Okay, this is, this is fun. I'm looking up, uh, I, I did... Uh, uh, mistype and mispronounce the director's name. Okay. I apologize to uh, Nyasa Hardiman, not Nessa, Nyasa Hardiman. Okay. Uh, but she's she's got a, a lot of credits under her belt as a director. A lot of them are television. This is like one of her few feature length films, but she's she did some stuff for Jessica Jones. Mm. She She's done some stuff for a few shows that I'm willing to bet are more uh, popular overseas because I don't necessarily recognize the names, but that's like, this is great. I, I'm excited excited to see what she brings to the medium of film as opposed to television yeah uh i, th- I think this may have also uh, this was released at a uh at a film festival correct yes okay. uh, i believe it was released um september 22nd it did come out at uh what is called the fantastic fest okay and from the reviews i'm seeing it's like 85 around tomatoes it's really good so that's i i love that i think that this is what underwater should have been right because i, I I did go see underwater i i was with a yeah. friend we made a movie date uh and i was like you know what i want to i want to give it a fucking shot they did my boy mamadou athi very dirty right. made me very mad and at the end of the fucking film it was just like oh the, i guess that's it like this i feel like is because like <laughs> yeah underwater the the appeal of underwater to me was that it seemed to promise on some level some sort of eldritch horror and mm-hmm. it just didn't deliver it fell very flat this uh, on the same token it looks like they do deliver like when they find the weird growth like puncturing their ship like just something so alien being in the ocean oh i am so here i think sea fever is really gonna yeah the, really gonna surprise us the all. ocean is fucking terrifying black people don't do the ocean i don't fuck we don't <laughs> do that we don't do that no deep sea fishing deep diving nope we good thank you it's just i just i oh no and i i don't even like going to beaches to be honest with you so yeah i can't wait to see this and i'm just gonna be like i'll probably be it's probably a movie where i watch once and be like i'm good <laughs> i will love it but i'm like i can't watch the i can't watch the more shit all right yeah well i think that pretty much wraps up uh tasty trailers unless you want to make any other points e oh brrr. um no i think uh i don't have a whole lot more to add i i think it's sea fever is gonna be great we're not sure where it's going to be streamed just yet but when we do have that info uh we will be sure to let everybody know yeah all right well that rounds it up guys uh let us know in any of the comment section uh in any of the social media platforms or on itunes or spotify if they have that comment section available uh what do you think about these trailers is there any trailer that we missed would you like to us to cover something else next week or the week after let us know so we can get this dialogue going and we can talk to you you could talk to us and we can work together all right let's move on this just in. Extra, extra, read all about it. Netflix news. 
All right, here we are, Flix News. Let's get off with the first topic. Matt Reeves speaks on the humanist bent of the new Batman movie and its themes of corruption. Thank you. That is from Charles Barfield at The Playlist. Yeah, uh, we, Ian and I were talking off air about uh, this uh, as I was reading the article and, and touching up on it. Um, and how this is uh, very interesting and how there's what we're hoping, at least what I'm hoping is that that corruption angle really talks about um maybe police brutality, um, how that affects the bat, um, how any, also I think Matt Reeves goes on to say how this is the effects of, and this is what you told me, Ian, as well, the effects of him and his origin story, how that affects him as a human being. And when you really think about it, Batman is really fucked up. And I've said this before, um, he has a sense of justice, but when you really think about it, any vigilante, any motherfucker who's crazy enough to go out in a costume and fight crime <laughs> has mental issues. And I think that is what can make Batman human. Also, there's this huge plot point, and they did cover this in the comics. I, I don't remember the exact comics. They briefly covered it, had a, a brief run, about police brutality and how the Batman has to come to terms with that and, and think about his previous stance on certain issues and how he's handled certain criminals. Um, and it's just really out in the air. I'm like, this is the, the real world. And I think what's best is when the comic books and even movies that are adaptation of comic books talk about these things. And and, and pretend don't pretend like it doesn't exist because it does we're living in a world where this is a mm. thing and i think something like batman should tackle it i, I do and i hope this is where he's leaning to it, it, it does sound encouraging my ears do perk up that he was like i didn't know if the studio would do this but i you know i gave him i gave it to him like just at least have this in the world because that's what is going on right now i don't know that's I, I like matt reese he's very smart so hopefully he's doing that i i am intrigued to hear more about what he has planned for the story He's been very adamant that this is not an origin story. He was, he's It's been done. He's totally cool not touching on that, but rather touching on it just based off of what he's been saying. Like, as you said, like diving into the psychology of what would make someone want to recklessly risk their life, A, B, think that they're above the law, like, you know, and the law is not always just. We have to ad admit that. And that is hopefully where he's t coming in with this whole corruption angle as well. He really wants to touch on corruption. I think. He, he has a great quote about how it's never a bad time. Let me see. Okay, here we go. Uh, he, he continues in the latter half of one of his quotes that this article is based on. He says, to paraphrase, that this film feels, uh, and just the circumstances surrounding Bruce Wayne feel very psychological, very emotional. And it felt like, getting into verbatim now, and it felt like there was a way of exploring that along with the corruption in this place, mm. in Gotham. That feels very current. I think it always does. There's only almost no time when you can't do a story about corruption. But today, it still seems incredibly resonant, and maybe from my perspective, maybe more so than maybe at any other time. So this this dude's this dude's on to something. He's definitely trying to tap into like the topical sort of things yep. to make to make this Batman relatable. Cause I think that's uh, we talk about this a lot when we see uh new movies, like new properties, like, okay, why does this story need to be yep. told? And that especially can be applied to god the batman series which like i know a lot of people vibe on on the dark night you know like this this uh this avenger in the evening or whatever the fuck his like moniker is but like we've seen what now like me 
maybe eight iterations of Batman, yep. like conservatively eight, eight iterations of Batman. And so if Matt Reeves is like, hey, I found a different way to tell this story. I want it to be compelling and have like sociological right. themes. Uh, fuck yeah, that's that's how you make the Batman relevant. Yeah. And that would explain, uh, did you say it was comicbookmovienews.com? Uh, let me let me take a look at this real quick to make, to, <laughs> to make sure we accurately uh, pwn these motherfuckers. Uh, Listeners, this is a dear treat, uh, the article that's been found that is... Cosmic Book News. Cosmic Book News? Oh, God, fucking groans. Uh, It would explain why Cosmic Book News uh, went out of their way to essentially say, Matt Reeves confirms Batman movie as woke. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, what? And I think think that's an important differentiation because just because something is talking, like unpacking social issues, it's not always going to be woke, fam. Sometimes it's just being a fucking human with empathy and recognizing like what is going to make your story relatable to people i it's that it baffles me when you told me that that was yeah. the headline they went with yeah because uh yeah i know it's crazy because there hasn't been what you said almost nine inter- iterations of batman and not one i mean easily we had like what four like three to four in the 90s yeah, not yeah. one even remote in in the 90s when the rodney king incident was happening too let need i mind you mm. not one mm-hmm. has even tried to tackle that issue <laughs> like zero this is the world we're fucking living in guys this is a world we're living in batman fights crime there isn't a reason why that is we've done everything why why not to go, go towards this you know i don't that's what that's what i think i think you know a lot of villains could be come out of that are more anti-heroes who to fight batman i don't think you should make batman a terrible person he should obviously have have empathy and hate that this is happening but maybe his dichotomy or his makeup is i need to do more what can i do uh, well and i think there's also an excellent opportunity there for an exploration of how like class and uh, financial privilege can sort of make you blind to institutionalized systems that are not necessarily put in place to protect people uh who are not as affluent you know yep uh like he could like i i could i could conceivably see an incredibly compelling batman story wherein he's like yeah the cops are fucking good people the cops are like always just doing the best that they can and then slowly having that narrative that he has either constructed for himself or had constructed by someone else have that sort of unravel as he like figures out like you mean they're just fucking killing random people like they like what do you mean like oh what like you know like there i think mm -hmm. there's a compelling opportunity there to uh explore class and like race relations at that point you also and i hope this humanness also gives me hope because even we're talking about race but even just the poor this nigga is a billionaire okay Mm -hmm. we never see how his actions effectively uh what what is the dominoes of his actions how they affect the poor yeah (laughs) we we definitely probably see them comics i wouldn't doubt there's billions of (laughs) not billions but hundreds of thousands probably of copies out there batman's around the world um that i'm sure they have tackled it i'm uh, batman's not my favorite so i don't read every batman comic but we need to see how those actions we haven't seen them in the movies at all um how those actions really affect the poor it's not about batman it's bigger than batman and i think we haven't yet seen that yes we need a a, an analysis of what batman does what he is more of a human scale of what batman happened but batman the idea 
idea of what Batman represents needs to be more about what Bat more than just Bruce Wayne, more than just his money. How does he affect Gotham, the poor, the underprivileged, the the the, the minorities? How does his actions uh, affect those in Gotham who need it to affect them positively the most? And that, that's I think is more interesting than just Batman fighting villains. <laughs> I 100% agree. I also yeah. I think that this is a uh, this this is something that uh, I was thinking as I was reading his quotes from this article. This is slightly removed. This is a little bit of a tangent, but he essentially was like, "I went to Warner Brothers and I pitched a Batman that I didn't think would get made. I pitched like you know some sort of psychologically driven." Uh, emotionally explorative story and I, I was reading it and i was like this sounds very much like todd phillips philosophy in making the joker now i personally think that i will enjoy this a lot more because matt reeves is not an asshole um and joaquin phoenix may be a brilliant performer but you know <laughs> Uh, th that film was just a little bit irresponsible in the way that it was uh, produced, in the way that it was uh, like acted, you know? So I'm hoping that we get sort of that art house uh, feel from this Reeves Batman. And that, that, like, you know, I think he'll have plenty of opportunities to explore all the stuff we've been talking about if he if he commits to it. Yep, I 100% I, yeah, I agree. Again, I, I also just love him. I think he is... Th these comments give you hope that, okay, then Batman may be something more than just a, a, a popcorn flick which is fine we i love me some popcorn that's why we fucking made this goddamn podcast <laughs> but sometimes when you've done uh, so many iterations sometimes and, and with the material that you have because the animated series is brilliant because they tackled a lot of things uh, even for kids when you've done so many of them why not you haven't taken this route why not give us more mm -hmm. than just fluff and, and don't try to pretend like you're deep <laughs> christopher nolan which i don't get me wrong those are my favorite batman movies because they're probably the most grounded and i think they needed to happen but they're not really that deep <laughs> it's just like you can one can make a case for the dark knight and in the joker that is that that dichotomy his mindset and how some people like fall into believing that he's right which is disturbing uh sure because <laughs> he's not and he's been proven time and time again within that the, the three hours of that movie uh so that there are some deep moments and some deep ideologies in that but it's not really a reflection of what's happening in today's society i, I would i would i would argue just real quick because batman is not my favorite and we we have right. talked about this for a hot minute but i would say that uh dark knight rises while being uh i would go so far as to say objectively disappointing mm -hmm. uh a, an objectively disappointing follow-up to the dark knight in no small part because of the absolutely transcendent performance of heath ledger playing a very terrible person it, it did cover like a lot of the social anxieties at the time with like you know that he was trying you to know, touch on right. class disparity he didn't do it maybe in the most <laughs> eloquent fashion but essentially like right. you know like the uprising of uh lower folks being like hey i'm fucking tired of being under a financial boot all this yeah. damn time you know he did he did touch on he he touched on he, he brushed with broad strokes yeah because that's kind of what bane's whole thing what his whole uprising was but yeah i think i think if you could get a little more cerebral with it maybe a little bit more exploratory in the themes and less focused on like i don't know it would have been i think it also would have been i think more effective if bane were american born and bred as opposed to i, I don't know why just personally for me it would have been like if he didn't even go to real really jail or anything he was just raised in 
in the streets, just of, it's in the poverty, which he was. He he did not have much, but just in that, even I would have shifted his location to like he also should have been a person of color. I love Tom Hardy's like uh, yeah, he was because I I didn't yeah. know this until someone. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I didn't know that uh, someone had Ooh, to. Keep, can you imagine Bane Mexican now with ice going on mm, and how how that would fucking make him fucking devastated? That would inform, he's like I have to kill people. Yeah, that would inform a, a lot of how you tell that story. Ooh, yeah, yeah. There's so much out there. Uh, Batman is right for the picking, and I can't wait to watch this. Uh, let's move on to the next topic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this this just this became so the Batman podcast for like 20, 30 minutes. We're so sorry, <laughs> Sam. Like, I don't even think either of us really like Batman that much. No, no. <laughs> okay. But we see the potential in the story, so we're just like, this what you can right. do. <laughs> okay, um, folks, analysts predict that AMC Theaters is likely to file for bankruptcy. Oh, fuck. This should have gone first. We should have we should have ended on this one because like it seems so like it seems like so who gives a shit in the face of the other like deep uh sociological discussion we just had um yeah but yeah surprise surprise there are absolutely no showings at amc theaters with a shelter in place order due to covid19 uh this uh, i should i should also credit the hard work working folks that wrote this story rebecca rubin and todd spangler wrote this article for variety uh basically amc theaters might not be around too much longer and if they do they're gonna file for bankruptcy they are quickly running out of cash um and all their stocks have gone from neutral to sell which i I'm no economist, but sounds pretty fucking bad. That's so weird. It's just like you've been you've been around for so long. You mean to tell me this month? You, yeah. Did, I don't know how this works. I, I'm not an economist, and I don't run a multi-million um, slash billion-dollar corporation. I, I don't know. But if one had to assume and guess, uh, maybe there was a mismanagement of money here. I just I mean, I know also the movie market. Going to see a movie ha- probably has fallen, as opposed to risen with the streaming platforms mm-hmm. and whatnot. But has it taken? that much of a dive or i guess it's just a reality punch it's like wow amc i know i mean and they've got they've got some numbers in this article that sort of help shine a light on all of that like Mm -hmm. liquid assets they said that they had about like 265 million in cash plus a, a 332 million via lines of credit so they have like half a billion dollars like that's not paltry um but okay this 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 got me this i was like the gall uh, to be able to do this amc theaters informed their landlords that they just weren't going to be paying rent because they're not making money and i was like bitch you mean to tell me we can just do that <laughs> Like what? Jesus, you just not gonna do that. Damn. Okay, and because they're corporations, and corporations get the most. Exactly. They get the best hand jobs. They just get hand jobs just for not doing anything. It's like here you go. <laughs> we'll just, you don't even do anything. We'll give you a trillion dollars. Here you go. Oh, you're not gonna pay. You're not gonna pay your rent. That's fine. You, you, that's fine. That's okay. I was just like the audacity to be like, right. hey, by the way, like we're not making money. We're not gonna pay rent. Like, bitch, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> like what do i gotta and do to be able to just, just like, fucking like right. declare yeah. that yeah the building managers and stuff are just like that's fine okay yeah we were gonna suggest that we want to work with you <laughs> but little old me and you little old me and you hey i'm not gonna pay my rent well you're gonna have to find some place to stay next month so <laughs> i just yeah right <laughs> Like, that's uh, the, yeah. the gall the go- the uh, audacity, <laughs> the audacity. Yeah. i just yeah, it's, what it's 
is wild. Uh, yeah, this is weird. It's a weird time. What is the there? Is, I guess MovieCo isn't around anymore. I don't think. Uh, so the AMC. What else is a, a big um, movie theater chain that's probably like we? Well, we doing fine. I don't know what the fuck to tell you. <laughs> so MovieCo. Oh, I guess is Sundial now, isn't it? Oh wait, no. It, hmm. No. Yeah, but they, they change. I, I think that is now an AMC. It is. Yeah, AMC Sundial Twelve. Yeah. 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 So, what? which is wild because they they were they literally months ago they were just buying new properties <laughs> like like a little year ago it might have been some sort of hail mary just trying to like hey like we need more Could theaters be. to be more accessible or something 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 who's to say yeah let's see let's see uh, it's gotta be i know that miss i know i'm missing one or two theaters here well okay this is this is regal 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 Regal's right right this they i guess they straight <laughs> <laughs> they're not sweating it right like <laughs> i just this okay this is um i think this is interesting because we in theory we will see capitalism at play here you know like i i think it's kind of apparent that we are not the uh, most ardent capitalists on the internet by far but like they always talk about how like oh well you know capitalism is so great because when one person fails another person just steps right up and like it figures it out so like this is sort of capitalism in real time like if amc fucking disappears you will have hundreds and thousands if not hundreds of thousands of theaters that are just fucking empty like so who the fuck steps up to fill that position is this an entrepreneurial opportunity i tell you who does mm, who i wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised if netflix started buying up properties and actually making it more what well, we have our properties in location and we also have a property uh at home interesting I, I, I just, I can, and i think they've honestly and i may this may be a rumor this may but i feel like i've heard this that netflix is trying to buy a couple of theaters to uh be able to be f- to make it easier for them to have like the awards consideration and stuff? for award consideration yep. yeah uh one or two at least probably in la or, or, or so I, I could be wrong i could be miss here i could have just been daydreaming one day i was like oh that makes sense to me <laughs> but uh i i wouldn't be surprised if netflix would at least the thought would cross their desk and be like hey this is a good time to maybe this will be a lot of empty, empty theater soon do you want to like maybe we're a multi-billion dollar corporation we can our like highbrow stuff and maybe even our big blockbusters can go to these theaters now i don't know what that does with the quality of netflix on your streaming at home i don't know how that will affect that but that's a thought that that is an interesting thought and i'm trying to sort of picture like what their game plan for that would be you know like are they going to start like doing imax releases of very specific originals and be like oh like you know like you can see this netflix film in your home on your like 30 inch tv screen or you can see it in imax the way it's supposed to be or what you do is what what i think what you do is you put it out you distribute it at your own uh locations building the big the big blockbusters you got huge names scorsese this that um you put them out so you have at least five to six movies playing at a theater um in in any given theater right as soon as those are done playing you move them over to netflix that as soon as Mm. now you don't even have to worry about uh you know another party taking them you don't have to worry about selling them it's the dvd in stores is literally like you want to watch this it's exclusively exclusively on netflix you can't get this at hbo hulu none of that shit if you haven't gotten the time to go out and watch this movie at the theater like it's supposed to be viewed you can watch it at home for 9.99 or 12.99 or whatever mm-hmm. it is now you know what i mean I, I, I that's my thoughts on it but i don't know netflix probably won't do that if it ain't fit 
if it ain't broken, don't don't fix it, I guess. But it's a thought. I mean, it, it's an interesting thought nonetheless. My The big hurdle there would be them trying to convince me to go into public with people and not just stay at home. Like, that is the thing that they've got going for them yeah, right now. Which, is I don't... It, they, they would have... It would just... The trailers themselves and the movies would just have to be must-see, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> whatever that is. And Disney has all pretty much the must-see stuff when you really think about it since they own both Fox and... Um, you know all their disney catalog so it's like you're not going to see an adventures movie there but i don't know the dc app isn't doing that well so <laughs> if they can partner up with netflix netflix then can drop dc movies and then you have um because what is that warner brothers warner brothers yeah. can um if, if yeah, i don't know that is this is a thought out there who knows um regal could just buy them up too and just be regal because after all they regal that's why we that's why we said the shit we regal we, as hell we regal we don't close <laughs> bankruptcy nigga what's that <laughs> We ain't even sweating out here. Show movies. Shit, huh? we haven't shown movies for like two years. Shut up. Right. At, right. As a matter of fact, they could go a whole nother month. We'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, yeah. No, but uh, yeah, this is weird. This is weird, man. It's very weird. Strange times. Yeah, I grew up with AMC. Worked close by an AMC. <laughs> you did work at a movie theater for a hot minute, didn't you? I worked at I worked at you worked movie in movie co. co. That's right. And then we worked at Lucky Strike, which is close. To yeah, that, that kind of counts, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, we were able to sneak in. We knew the door yeah. codes. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. No, I don't know. This is weird. They just got new seats too, and those seats were comfortable <laughs> as hell. <laughs> no. I don't know. Okay. Well. Say lot capitalism. That's the way it goes, folks. Yeah, that's this. That's the way it goes. So that yeah, closes something else. We'll probably maybe Blockbuster will make a, a hail mary. <laughs> <laughs> somebody will buy that ip and then blockbusters all i mean that would be that's a great name for a movie theater i'm just saying blockbuster yeah i mean we said that we would buy a blockbuster that's true <laughs> maybe maybe yeah, we have the fucking key <laughs> that they've been yeah you could probably that they've yeah. been missing we could probably what you could you could probably buy a blockbuster for a couple of pennies some yarn and 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 uh i was about button. to say i feel like i could just like <laughs> fish in my pocket and go find <laughs> the poor dude in the three-piece <laughs> standing on the street like do you want a membership card and just like ask him like bro do you want to just like give me (laughs) blockbuster I'll buy it. I'll buy it. And Hollywood movies. You remember that? You oh, yeah. That? I used to fuck with Hollywood movies, man. I All the time. They had yeah. the video game selection I liked. I, I'd fucking yep. rent Godzilla 10 times in a row until my mom was right. pissed at me. And their, policy, their policies were so much more better than Blockbuster. Mm, mm-hmm. Just cheaper and you could rent it for longer. And it was a pretty yeah. good deal. That's shit. But yeah, we could keep going on and on. The, 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 yeah, yeah, we could. Friends, if, if we missed any news that you thought we should cover, please let us know on our social media platform platforms twitter facebook instagram all those good spots if you heartily disagree with our interpretation of the batman lore or you thought christopher nolan made the most compelling batman stories ever fucking shout at us i love some good uh debate uh discussion let's fucking do it 100 let's do it god damn that's hot as hell Oh, ah, okay. Ah, Jesus. Oh, friends, you know what that means. It's time for another round of hot takes. Oh, ah, it's hot in here. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, someone open a window. Um, I'm kicking I'm kicking this segment off because I think it just needs to be said. The Room is utterly devoid of any sort of enjoyment. It is not an enjoyable movie. I don't understand why people like this movie. <laughs> 
Like, why do you like the bad movie? Like, I get right. I get trash cinema. Believe you me. Like, there is bad, campy cinema that right. can be enjoyed. The Room is not it. Right. It's not The Room. Yeah. I, you, just... know, you know what I saw recently that was, like, objectively stupid but enjoyable and just, like, really fucking weird but enjoyable? Cat People, 1982. <laughs> fucking lit, man. I will say this. There's like a weird incestuous storyline that I'm not 100% on board with. It's a David Bowie flick. It's fucking strange. But you know what? It's way better than The Room. Right. I I don't understand the cultural zeitgeist surrounding this movie. Yeah, I don't get it either. It's the pa- like it's it's really bad and the pacing is just so weird and and wonky that I can't find any enjoyment in it either. E. I I I feel you. I just I just, just can't. Yeah. And I love bad movies. Y'all know I I fuck with bad movies isn't this ben just, loves just, bad movies i do they are funny to me they give me joy <laughs> he had he i he, i inherited war on oh, dvd from and him I, it's oh, yeah. jet lee versus jason statham and like y'all it's not a good i have to explain to people why i have it in my film collection and it's always a little embarrassing but <laughs> it's funny it's hysteric it, like it's so bad <laughs> that i can't stop watching it but it's a lot going on you know what i mean like and you know it's talented people in it it's just a bad movie but there isn't any talented people in the room it's just not they they are it's, not talented oh, i can't <laughs> no one in I, that is talented mm, mm, zero i mean i don't want to say zero because i would hate to disparage like the actual actors that were like oh you know it's a fucking gig right and, like right, they right, showed right. up to this fucking the, set the main with people this, who were yeah right with this loon this absolute just like goofball i <sighs> dear listeners if you think that you can explain to me why the room is enjoyable, like actually make a compelling argument. I want to hear from it. Reach out to us on all of our social media platforms. In the meantime, that's my fucking hot take. Ben, do you have anything that you uh, that do. you feel particularly scorching about? We got a double hot take feature here. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you this. I fucking hate Scarface. I do not like that movie. <laughs> I hate it is. First of all, it's 30 minutes too long. <laughs> Second of all, Al Pacino's portrayal of a uh, Cuban immigrant is offensive uh <laughs> him being uh, of an italian man uh and also the dialogue is trash now, don't get me wrong have are some interesting moments in in the movie of course but first of all we should not idolize scarface and i think there's a lot of uh idolization of that character it's just horrifying because sure. he's a psychopath two it does a really poor job of portraying cuban people in general um and three it's long y'all it's not that deep it just is isn't is he sells cocaine he runs an empire we had seen it plenty of times before then it is not a good movie it, it i repeat it is not a good movie and not only is it not a good movie but it's al pacino's one of his worst performances he's given i'm sorry there's another movie Damn. that does that has al pacino in it that does scarface better than scarface does it's called carlito's way it's for fucking nom it's really good i don't know if it's phenomenal i think it's really solid and it's what scarface wanted to do and be but it's much cleaner and there's much more of a, a through line uh, there. Interesting. And it's, it's very similar styles. Uh, it's not exactly the same story, but it came out around the same time. Carlito's Way, watch that, and then watch, <laughs> clear the rest of your day to watch that fucking long, moving, atrocious movie called Scarface. God, dude, that movie's long. I want to look up the runtime real quick. <laughs> I, I just, I felt, you feel it. It's just like, dude, what is, what is happening? <laughs> now, I, I, and I may receive some, uh, some guff for this i have never seen scarface dude you're still okay okay 
All right. I don't think I don't. It's two hours and eighty three minutes. It's three hours of just oh, it's like pulling. It Jesus. to me, it's like pulling teeth. I I just don't. I don't care for it. I don't. I understand if you do like it. There are a lot of cool. There are bits of dialogue and sound bites that are cool, but everything in between those those sound clips that you hear now and people quoting them is nothing. It's it's hapless trash. Mm. <laughs> there there and you know that's that's my thoughts on it. I, I really don't like Scarface. I think it's not there you go fam there you go i think i think some people are gonna find that pretty spicy that's gonna be Good. a hottie that's why we do the segment that's why <laughs> that's why we do the segment all right yep and then uh yeah I, if you if you agree with these hot takes or if you don't agree with these hot takes let us know in the comments section any social media platform or um our email as well it's too many flicks dot chicago at gmail.com that's number two and an x at the end let us know what you think about these hot takes and we'll try to get back to you in a promptly matter since we ain't got shit to do hey 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 and now for another installment of stream theater hello again friends and comrades and even enemies if you've chosen to grace us with your presence this evening welcome to another installment of stream theory please make good use of the artisanal cheese mm. if you'd care for some essential oils there is a diffuser in the corner today we are talking about oh a few things actually but primarily the one thing that i wanted to really cover because i think it's probably the most popular out of the the three is the netflix original film the platform i actually don't think it's a netflix original film it uh premiered at the toronto international film festival as well as a slew of other film festivals and i think netflix just acquired it but the platform or as it is known in the native spanish language as el hoyo which i think is smart because americans are just the worst fucking people and would have ripped a movie called the hole to shreds but whatever uh, the premise of the platform a vertical prison with one cell per level two people per cell one only food platform and two minutes per day to feed them from up to down an endless nightmare trapped in the hole uh it is directed by galder gaztelu urrutia and it is starring Zorian Eguileor, uh, Antonio San Juan, and Ivan Masagüe, just to name a few. And uh, the the main reason that this film captured my attention was there was a lot of buzz on the um, social media sphere that it was kind of a shameless recreation of something like Snowpiercer, which is happens to be one of my favorite films by Bong Joon-ho that can also be found on Netflix. Uh, and is a rather uh, overt but well-done metaphor for classism and sort of uh, how class warfare might look, in particular because you follow Chris Evans and co. They live at the back of a dystopian train, while the front of the train is much like happier and they have like the actual supplies they need and the back of the train is sort of just meant to stay in their place and eat little protein blocks that i'm not going to spoil the surprise of what those really are um and so the platform looks very similar in construction considering that you follow um this 
I suppose you could call him idealistic young man named Goring who voluntarily goes into the hole and when you go into the hole you can bring one item with you and uh, it can be any item you want and he chooses to bring along the uh, the story of Don Quixote and so there's a, a little bit of a symbolism in that that is not entirely um, even-handed uh, and it's interesting because the premise of this film is that you could you, you spend one month on a level of the hole and you could either be towards the top of the hole where when the food descends it is a, a rich lavish feast or you could be towards the bottom of the hole which no one is entirely sure how deep it goes but as soon as you start getting down to the levels like 70 the food usually comes like in complete scraps and then like sometimes a, a portion of the film will take place on like level 141 and that's when shit gets really dark and it's it's sort of a, a strange meditation on what humans uh like what humanity will do in order to survive just how um appalling some people would become uh when faced with uh starvation and how few so a few folks will try to still rely on their better nature and do, do you survive doing that or do you get eaten doing that it's like you know i i think that uh, it 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 I wanted to really like this film. I really did. Um, and I think that it is... I think of the three films that I watched that evening, it was definitely the finest made of the films. Um, that being said, it... Uh at the end of it, I, I understood the message and just exactly what was what was being communicated uh, by the director. But I also was just sort of like, okay, okay. And maybe it warrants a second watch because there are a lot of themes at play, especially for a film that uh, has just such a simplistic setup with a really simple set design. I got to tell you, whoever the production designer was <laughs> got fucking paid and laughed their ass to the bank because it's just like a couple of gray walls. But <laughs> But it's it's like again it's it's a well done film uh i will put up a caution warning for anyone who has trouble with gore uh there's not an excessive amount of it but there is uh there is a, a hearty portion of it because you know it's about uh desperation and dark times and humans uh taking advantage of each other uh so there's a little bit of gore um not necessarily a happy-go-lucky film so if you're in the dumps i wouldn't necessarily recommend it unless you're one of those people that you get some sort of catharsis from that i also watched on a completely different uh, like a whiplash of a tonal ship i decided to give against my better judgment the film coffee and cream a try oh, no <laughs> yeah um coffee and cream is directed by michael douse it is starring ed helms and taraji p henson and uh terence little uh garden high as well as a, a, a slew of a few other folks the premise is that um 12 year old kareen manning hires a criminal to scare his mom's new boyfriend police officer james coffee but it backfires forcing coffee and kareem to team up in order to save themselves from detroit's most ruthless drug kingpin oh boy. yeah and here all right here's the thing this was a story that had a lot of potential if Michael Douse had brought any modicum of stylization to this story. Like, it, it is very clearly meant to uh, pay homage or mimic sort of those uh, pulp 
cop buddy movies. Um, and it's just, it's just not that. Like, it's shot very much like a, um, you know, like, I don't know. Choose one of those generic 2000s comedy movies that came out, you know, directed by fucking, oh, what's his name? Knocked Up and all that goodness. Oh, boy. I really just put myself on blast. Well, you t- you t- t- you're talking about, um, I know you talk. God, I can't think of his name either now. What? Judd Apatow. There, there we go. go. There you go. Yeah, it's shot like... I think that this is a film whose premise and story calls for kind of like the stylization you would see from uh, like the nice guys. And instead we sort of get like a Judd Apatow, um, a Judd Apatow just like feel. Uh, and that's that's what's so disheartening because uh, the writing isn't bad, but it is by no means great. But again, the stylization I think would have helped with that. And uh, all the performers do relatively well, like Ed Helms, like, you know, he is a competent comedic actor he's been he does good work Taraji P. Henson uh does good work uh Terrence Little Garden High is a young actor who does a very good job his character is a little uh much let's say for like whatever the supposed like eight or ten year old he's supposed to be is but um he is also very good uh there's uh, there's this young influencer kid that's just been popping up in all sorts of movies Andrew Bass bachelor and i really i really want him to succeed i want him to do well um but he's still got a long way to come like i think i think he was this was probably his most endearing role out of all of the feature films i've seen him in and i'm glad that he continues to get work and work his way up in the film industry um but yeah i just i I really hope that he gets his day someday (laughs) in a film that is actually like competent and well well made uh i will say uh ron riaco lee um does an excellent job as sort of a he plays a detroit rapper that is on the run from the police because he started like uh dealing drugs uh you know like to try to keep up the image and like he starts to uh move a lot of drugs and then ends up being arrested and there's a chase and blah 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 blah. but he does a really good job and he he factors into the story in a way i'm not going to entirely say because there are a few twists and turns in this tale um definitely a weaker film than the platform i didn't necessarily like there were there were moments that i enjoyed but then this film overstays its welcome quite a few times there were at least two times i was like okay great like we could wrap up the story right here if you wanted to wrap it up and then they didn't wrap it up and i was like no kidding all right um (laughs) a false ending uh kind of not really just like i think i think it was more so like me wanting it to be done (laughs) um like i was like okay great i see what you could do and how you could make this story all nice and wrapped up let's go ahead and do that yes and then they didn't so all in all uh mediocre story with some fine performances that suffers from any lack of uh directorial vision unfortunately um and then just just to wrap it all up i am going to touch very briefly on one film that i watched after all of this that's called 3022 um and it is an example i think of a sci-fi film that suffered from lack of budget but they also could have focused the story story in such a way that that didn't necessarily need to be 3022 is about a group of astronauts living in the haunting emptiness of deep space awaking to find earth has suffered an extinction level event it is directed by john suits and it is starring omar epps kate walsh angus mcfadden and um georgia fox just to name a few 
And overall, the performances here are really nice. Like these, uh, I think the platform had the strongest um, performances out of all of these. And again, like just overall the strongest film. But 3022, uh, Omar Epps does a really, really great job. Um, he is far from perfect in this, but I think that for being the first feature film that I've seen him in, he does great. Kate Walsh is really good. Uh, Angus McFadden. I don't think anyone's performances here are going to be award worthy. That being said, the performances are really solid and the premise i think is a really really enjoyable premise overall and they almost execute it until they start trying to like go outside the space station that they're on the premise is that they are uh on a 10-year mission where astronauts from different nationalities inhabit this refueling station that is between like the midway point between earth and the colony they've established on europa so the american group of astronauts are like three years into their tenure here uh angus mcfadden who plays uh richard valen is sort of their psych eval officer and they're all sort of like tense and having nightmares already and he's like hey man like i'm sorry but i'm gonna recommend that they send the next crew within the year because we're clearly not doing hot and everyone's sort of like pissed about that but he's like this is year three can you imagine year five and then lo and behold this is like minor spoiler territory just because it is like the first like 20 minutes of the film and lo and behold earth there's like they just lose connection with earth and they see this really like foreboding bright flash and they're like uh what the fuck and then they're left to sort of cope with their own anxieties and fears in the face of being the only humans that they know of um and again it does this this movie does really well until they start to leave the space station and it looks so rough like if you can just suspend disbelief and just be like you know what it's fine these are like last gen graphics in a fucking movie (laughs) like it's like it's really rough they're like oh wow look look at that like this thing in space and it's like just it is some sort of computer generated model and i was like just go the fucking george lucas route and like paint a mini it would look just about as good um and all in all out of these three films i think that 3022 has the most satisfying emotional journey the platform has the best overall production and coffee and cream is just there um so friends that's a whole slew of shit for you to check out um out of all these three i i guess i would have to recommend the platform the most um but you know if like i i'm into open-ended endings that are like bleak and dark and this film still made me go oh okay so yeah I, you know again i guess the platform would be my most recommended of this three just prepare for a really like bleak ending that is very open-ended um and that's stream theory folks i hope that some of these bring you comfort or some level of enjoyment in our uh pandemic times there it is there it is have you seen anything that you really love recently on on any streaming platform that we haven't talked about that you think we might enjoy or others might enjoy please let us know hit us up on all of our social media platforms we would love to hear about it i need things to stream do you want to know something that we don't know sure here comes the trivia here we go okay okay 
Doggy. It's time. The school's in session. School may be out. Yes, it is. For shelter in place, but school's in session here. So buckle up, kiddos. Right. If you got kids, put them in front of, of uh, I don't know, what are you listening to? Your phone, radio? I don't know what the kids are listening to uh, podcasts these days. But yeah, put them in front and then let them do a learn with us. Let them do a learn about right. mafia movies or just gangster movies in what? general. Gangster. Been spending most their life living in. A gangsters trivia. Ooh. Ooh, you got me there. You pulled a fast right. one on me. All right, you you, you ready? You want me to start? I'm ready. Start? Give it. A, give me that good trivia. Give it. Okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. All right, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. This director said that this movie was one of the most massive undertakings of their careers. There were 360 scenes filmed in over 180 different locations. Jesus. Which movie and director said this? Was it really Scott, American Gangster, Scott Cooper, Black Mass, Michael Mann, Public Enemy, or Andrea Burloff, The Kitchen? I think I'm going to go with American Gangster. I remember them switching a lot, switching a lot of places. Ooh, you would be right. You are on a ah. roll, sir. That's a tough one. How did because, you know, I would have probably gone with, if I just looked at it, I'd probably go with, like, Public Enemy, because I know they go a lot of places as well, but it is mostly contained in Chicago. Yeah, good shit. Thank you. I, I almost said Black Mass, just because I haven't seen it, so I don't know, like, right. what, what what that one's shtees is, but, like, it's just it, American Gangster felt right, you know? Yeah, there you go. All right, give me my first one. All right, Benny Boy. For one of the scenes in this movie, the prop master donated $5,000 of his own money because the actor didn't like the way that fake money felt in his hands. I know, right? <laughs> Fucking diva <laughs> shit. Um, ben, <laughs> the movies. Was it uh, Casino? Uh, was it okay. Goodfellas? Was it The Godfather Part 2? Or was it American Gangster? I'm going to go with Goodfellas. It was Goodfellas. Robert De Niro had a scene where he was supposed to hand out money. And I can, I can right. just see him going up to fucking Scorsese and being like, I don't like the way this money is fake money. <laughs> How am I supposed to hand this out? Like... And the problem, yeah, like, that's Marty's just sort of yeah. like, oh my god, can we please get this guy some fucking, some fucking real money? And the prop master's <laughs> just like, fine, here we go. You know, so fucking funny is I thought it would be like, uh, uh, what's his Marlon name? Marlon Brando or uh, something? Not Marlon Brando, but the 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 smaller guy. I can't think of his name right now. Joe what Pesci? is going on? Uh, Joe Pesci. I thought it would be Joe Pesci who was doing that. <laughs> and I, so I was like, you know, I feel like Joe would do something. But that's funny. That's Robert De Niro. And Casino was just too. I thought it was too much of a on the nose. Too on the nose. At the I I threw it in there. I I knew it would be a little a little iffy. Fun <laughs> fact: after every take, no one was allowed to leave the set until he received every single bill back like the prop master like locked down the set oh fuck yeah, yeah get your money same. back <laughs> give me my shit please <laughs> he probably got it uh, yeah probably none but italians on that on that fucking set but like i need my fucking money okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right you ready for your second one i am indeed this movie was sponsored by the american dental association huh. goodfellas casino blow or Gotti. huh you know, <laughs> <laughs> this is a good one. Uh, is, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with only because I think that they maybe saw it as an opportunity to do some sort of PSA or something. I'm gonna go with Blow. Yeah, you're wrong. It's actually Gotti. Ugh. Gotti was sponsored by the American Dental Association. For what reason? <laughs> I don't know. Was the ADA just like, yo? Have you checked out the fucking pre-screenings for this new shit, Gotti? It's lit. 
that movie was terrible from what I hear, but that's that it's just a mark up a terrible movie. It's also <laughs> sponsored by something that has what? nothing to do with it. Whose arm did Travolta have to twist? Like right. I, it just I think that I think that's actually a testament to just how little people wanted this movie to get made that he actually had to go <laughs> to the American Dental Association. Right. Yeah. And they're like, dude, whatever, we ain't got shit else. It's like going to the booty juice uh, corporation. Just but yeah, we we're sponsored by booty juice. <laughs> you know, B B G BGC. (laughs) 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 Fucking hell, man. Okay, Ben. Give me, yeah, go ahead. This movie won cinematographer Conrad L. Hall a posthumous Oscar for Best Cinematography. Okay. Was it Eastern Promises? Was it Casino? Was it Once Upon a Time in America? Or was it Road to Perdition? Uh, Probably wrong, but Road to Perdition. That's exactly right. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Scared me. Yeah. (laughs) You nailed it. Don't be, don't be. Go with that gut. All right. All right. You ready for your third one? I am indeed. Yes. This movie spent almost half of the budget on paying for the rights to use the theme music from The Godfather. Dear God. Was it Set It Off, Gangster Squad, The Untouchables, or A Bronx Tale? So if memory serves, Gangster Squad is just a hot mess of a film. Mm-hmm. In so much that it sounds like whoever was railing fucking coke lines <laughs> in the producer's meeting was like, just give me the Godfather movie theme. <laughs> like, okay, it's gonna be like, a, you sure it's half our production budget? Fuck it! Yeah! It's Gangster Squad! I'm going with Gangster Squad. <laughs> You would be wrong. Is actually set it off. Wow, that's a movie with F. Uh, F Gary Gray. He directed it. It's with a Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett Smith, um, crew of others. I think. I think Vivica is, is Vivica in that. Yeah, I think Vivica Fox is in that. It's. It actually is really good. Okay. I kind of hurt that they use that music. I didn't even catch that. That's kind of unnecessary because the movie's so good. You don't need the Godfather music. It's actually really like if you ever get a chance, it's one of those black cult classics that uh, just uh, really well done it's sad and it's heartbreaking and it's a fun ride honestly yeah i mean queen latifah can act her fucking face off yeah she can it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty good movie maybe get a chance all right give me my third one all right third time's a charm here ben yeah an actor in this movie accidentally hit themselves in the crotch while firing a prop shotgun this is the take that made it into the film (laughs) (laughs) Uh, was it the irishman was it pulp fiction was it snatch or was it a Bronx Tale? I think it was Snatched. Yeah, it's Snatched. Fine. Oh, what? It's Snatched. Get out of here. There's the scene where they're holding up the bookies, and one of the characters, he's got a shotgun, and he's supposed to shoot a hole through the through the wall. And in doing so, yeah. Snatch's production was crazy. I was trying to find just, like, one trivia thing from there, because, like, Guy Ritchie had fines on set to keep everything on time. Like, he would essentially be like, you're using your cell phone. That's a fine. Oh, you are, like, complaining because we're doing another shoot. That's a fine. You like he had fines just to like make people like shut up and work. Jesus. Um, Brad on. Pitt didn't really wash himself a lot so that he could play the uh, Romanian boxer gentleman. Um, Jeez. Yeah, just a bunch of weird. They they had a they had a. a a dog actor in the film that was so unruly that it actually like there's one scene where it's sort of wrestling and attacking the uh like sidekick in the back seat it was actually attacking him and they had to like <laughs> replace the dog the next day um 
Vinnie Jones, I think, has a scene where they actually ended up right. using a lookalike because he didn't show up to set because he had gotten shit faced and gotten into a bar fight the night before, so he was in jail. Like, oh just my God. if you ever needed just a That's laugh, wild. the Snatch production timeline was fucking insane. Sean Connery, this was going to be one that I was going to use. Sean Connery was almost in Snatch in so much that they sent oh, him the script. No. He liked the script and like said like you know like I want to do this, but I want to see one of his other movies before I do the producer slapped together this really hastily done showing of lock stock and two smoking barrels at which point Sean Connery came out of the showing said it's a great movie you can't afford me and walked away what (laughs) like oh my god a fucking roller coaster of a ride to get us this fucking movie what a piece of shit that dude is like (laughs) fuck you dude you could have just easily led him down and be like no I don't think it's for me you went out of your way to make him feel little what a douche yeah all right well that's trippy Uh, yeah, if you guys, uh, you say we move on and close this thing out? Let's go go ahead and close this thing out, my friends. If you have any fun trivia about mobster movies, send them our way. Too Many Flicks on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's the number two at the beginning with an X at the end. We'd love to hear from you. All right, that that that's a wrap. That's a W R A P. We're out of here. It, it, yeah, yeah. We this has been a fun episode. We're glad that you listened and, and happy that you are still with us. Uh, we love doing it, and we're glad to to provide some entertainment in this uh these yes, tough times. Yes, thank you so much for coming on this journey with us, my friends. We are extremely privileged to uh, be able to do this for you and have the resources to do it. And if you want to help support us in this endeavor, please, uh, we'll have. Uh, we have a Patreon that's going. You can feel free to check that out. Uh, another great way to support, if you can't do so financially, is to just go onto whatever platform you're listening on, drop a five-star review, leave a comment, or hey, if you don't think we deserve five stars, that's great. Tell us what we could be doing better. We would love to hear from you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, tell the people who you are, how to find you. Friends, my name is Ian. You can find me on Twitter as Sir Yikes a lot at Baby Got Knack. You can find me on Facebook as Ian Muntner, and you can even find me on instagram is uh sock ninja 808 uh there's a bunch of pictures of my cat there so that's that's something for you ben who are you where can people find you uh, i am ben jenkins you can find me on uh social media uh facebook benjamin timothy jenkins you can find me on twitter at bt jenkins 91 you could also find me on instagram at benvolio 91 i don't have that many pictures uh but it's okay because uh the pictures i do have i cherish with all of my heart you can also find uh too many flicks at any social media platform by the name Too Many Flicks. That's number two and an X at the end. Again, that's number two and an X at the end. You could also email us at too many flicks.chicago at gmail.com. That's too many flicks.chicago at gmail.com. Again, for a refresher, number two and an X at the end. And we know that there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. So a lot of people are like still working from home or, you know, just can't, just reading or whatever. It's just it's a lot of still a lot of streaming stuff, even though we have time. But don't worry about that. Don't worry about it because we got you because we're too many flicks and we watch all of the flicks so that you don't have to. 